Take your Bibles this morning and open them to Jonah chapter 2. I hope that you had a good week. I hope that none of you lost power like we did for five hours on Monday night because of the storm. You never know how good you have it until you lose power for five hours and you go in the closet and try to change your clothes and you, the, lights doesn't, the light doesn't come on and all that fun stuff. I also had a birthday this week. I turned the same age as a speed limit sign, 55. And we've got some friends, and uh, he, uh, this, uh, Henry said, well, how old are you, Mr. David? I said, well, I'm, I'm 55. He said, oh, he said, that's the same age, that's the same number as on a speed limit sign. I said, yeah, you should be sure to tell them it's on the main roads, the 55, not the, not the interstates, 70. So you be sure to tell people that. It's good to see you, and I'm glad that you're here this morning. Uh, we're going to talk about prayer, and I thought driving over here from Rock Hill this morning, I said, when you think about uh, prayer and passages that you would normally go to in the Bible to talk about prayer, you probably don't think about Jonah, do you? We think about Jonah, we think about a, a man on a boat, and he throw, they throw him overboard, and a fish swallows him, and he comes up, and that's about the, all of the story that we really know that we hear the parts about, but Jonah, too, has about six lessons in here that have to do with prayer. And if you listen and you don't fall asleep, I know pastors only have three points usually, but I've got six this morning. If you listen, I promise we'll get out by 1.30. Okay? <laughs> Jonah chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you, God, for you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I'm driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. Now, I don't. when I go to the beach, I do not like for anything to touch me. I don't like to step on shells when I'm in the water. And if a, a bunch of weeds ever got wrapped around my head, he just might as well go ahead and take me to heaven. But that's what happens to Jonah. He's, he was... Something happens in his heart when he's on the way down after they throw him into the water. I went down to the land whose bars closed forever upon me. Uh, 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 the bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. Circle that verse. It's really important. We're going to come back and talk about it in a couple of weeks. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish. Now, get that. God said to this fish, fish, vomit. And it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Have you ever been out on a boat or in a lake or a pond and uh, been caught up in a storm? This is kind of what Jonah's like. Now, I don't know how bad the storm was, but uh, when I was in high school, a bunch of my buddies, it was about a, a, a month before we were supposed to graduate. You know, it was the spring was coming. 
We went down to Lake Watery down in uh, south of Kershaw, and uh, the cell phones hadn't been invented yet. And we were out on this uh, pontoon boat, and we didn't pay attention to the clouds coming. And it was one of these little spring-summer clouds that, that kind of pops up and, and, and gets up on you before you know it. And uh, we started to hear it thunder, and the boat ran out of gas. Now, I'm not making this up. I honestly thought, okay, we're out of gas. We had one paddle. There were eight of us. There were two, two guys jumped into the water and had water ski ropes, and they tried to swim and pull us back. We were probably three miles from where we were supposed to be. And it wasn't a Jonah scene. I mean, don't, don't picture the water churning. And, but when you're 17 and you think you're invincible and you're out on a boat and it starts to thunder like, I mean, it's like really close. I thought, this is it. I'm not going to graduate high school. They're going to put in the Kershaw and the Lancaster News, uh, eight Andrew Jackson High School knuckleheads struck by lightning on Beaver Creek Lake. But it was scary. I want you to feel Jonah this morning. And I want you to feel uh, the, the hardest place, the most difficult place that you've ever been in. That was one I can think of. Another one was back in February, back when uh, the, do the doctors found out that my dad had cancer, and he started to slowly, and just within a month, he started to pass away. And I, as I've been reflecting on prayer and Jonah and the depths and the difficulties and all the just the, the hard stuff that life can bring, I just started to ask myself, why... Do we have to get to the bottom? Why do we have to get to the bottom before we become passionate about prayer? I know myself, and I want us to look at Jonah this morning. I want you to put yourself in Jonah's place. And Jonah was called by God. He was called to Tarshish to go to, to preach to the Ninevites to to do what we're supposed to do, remember the question that I want you to think about through this whole series in Jonah is this, does my faith do anybody else any good? Does my faith do anybody else any good? And here we look at Jonah, and Jonah's been called by God to go to these Ninevites, the, these pagan people, and to tell them about who God is. And so God sends a storm and the crew they kind of play, you know, rock, paper, scissors to see whose problem this is and who caused it. And so they throw Jonah overboard to make the storm, to make the storm stop. And see, this is, this is one of the big lessons in the book of Jonah that I hope you, that, you're, that you're reminded of, that God will track us down. If we try to run from God, God is going to track us down. He's going to come after us. And he's in the deep water, and, and, and a giant fish swallows him. And I guarantee you, every, uh, every one of us would be in this room screaming to the top of our lungs, that God, help! And that's what Jonah does. That, maybe that's why we have to get to the depths sometimes before we cry out to God in desperation, which is really the place that we always ought to be. We get lulled to sleep by all the prosperity and all the, 
the glitter and the glamour and the stuff and when the job's comfortable, when the marriage is okay, when the children are doing okay, when we just kind of get dull. A storm has to come and we have to kind of get into a little bit of the depths. I know that I do before my prayer life becomes passionate. Let's look at six things this morning that tell us uh, about prayer. Uh, something happens between when, when the time between when they throw Jonah overboard, and I don't know where, how deep this was. I don't know how far down he went. I just know, I just picture in my mind this guy in a Jewish robe, and he's floating down in the water, and there's got to be some kind of panicky attack going on, you know, when, when, you, when you feel like you're under the water and you can't breathe, it's it just it, this panic. And so he starts to cry out to God, and this fish swallows him. Maybe, maybe he was in the belly of the fish when, when, he's, when he's thinking about this. We don't know, but here's what we do know. That this isn't a parable. This is not a parable. This is a true story because, let me remind you again, Matthew 12, Jesus said... Uh, Jesus talked about Jonah. He says, so just like Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights, so the Son of Man, which is Jesus, must be in the depths of the earth three days and three nights. It's, it's a true story. Now, what do we learn about Jonah and what do we learn about prayer? Number one, there's so much encouragement for, here, uh, for us here in chapter 2 about prayer. Now, after this, you can go to sleep. This is what I want you to hear. The main point, God answers His children when they cry to Him in distress. God hears you if you belong to Him. God hears you when you, when I, am in distress. Okay, There are seven pointers that point us to that that ought to encourage us to call out on Him, to, to, to be more confident when we pray, to, to be more passionate when we pray, to be more... Um, to, to be more earnest in it. Number one this morning, God hears us in spite of our guilt. God hears us in spite of our guilt. Look at verse 2 with me. Verse 1, Jonah prayed to the Lord from, the God, from his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Don't read over that too quick. Jonah... Chapter 1, he was called by God, commanded to go to Nineveh. He was going the opposite way. He was guilty of disobeying God. And that's why he was in the deep water. Some of us might be in distress right now. And we're in distress. We might be in distress because of disobedience to God. Do you ever wonder or think to yourself, I know, I know that I'm not, do, I'm not living right. I know that there's, I'm doing something that I know God says that is just clearly wrong. And, and do, you ever, do you ever think, it won't do any good to pray, I'm guilty. Do you ever think that? I know probably about half of us in this room go around with a guilty conscience. Because of something we did in the past. Because of something that we're in right now, listen, I want you to know this morning, God wants you to know, and this is terrible English, so if you're an English teacher, please forgive me for this, but when, when distress comes, don't not pray. When distress comes, pray. Because everything in our heart says, I'm guilty, he won't hear, 
He won't listen. He's mad at me. He, Jonah says, when I was in the bottom of the, the belly of this fish, totally guilty and should have died, I prayed and God heard me. Do, do you hear that? Guilty conscience, do you hear that this morning? God heard Jonah even in his disobedience and in his guilt. Every one of us, every person that prays, listen, every person that prays is probably in some type of guilt, whether you know it or not. The Psalms tells us, uh, David wrote in one of the Psalms, I don't know which one it is off the top of my head, but he said, he said, Keep, even in my presumptuous sins, even the ones that I don't know about, forgive me. There are things that we do that we stand guilty of right now before God that we don't even know it. But God says, come to me and pray. In our distress, in our obedience, don't not pray. Pray. Go to God. The first lesson we learn from this that gives us confidence to go to God is this. When you're in distress, when you're in guilt... Pray. Simple prayer. Forgive me. Help me. God, I don't even know what to say, but would you work? Number two this morning. God hears, He answers us in spite of His judgment. Verse three. For you cast me into the deep. Now, wait a minute. Go back to chapter one. Who threw Jonah into the sea? The sailors. The sailors cast lots and they said, whose who's sin caused this and let's fix it? Let's get, the, let's get the yucky stuff out of the way. And Jonah, they cast straws and they or cast lots and they found out it was Jonah. And they picked up and they threw Jonah into the sea. But I want you to notice what Jonah says. Jonah had already has a, a, a God perspective on the stuff in his life. Do you? Jonah says, verse 3, You, capital Y, God, you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas. You see, Jonah knows that this is God's doing. Jonah knows that God's doing this. God's, God's orchestrating. God's uh, God's. The sailors are casting lots, but God's orchestrating this thing, just like a conductor. God's in complete control of this thing. God spoke to the storm, and it went. God spoke to the fish and said, vomit, and it did it. And Jonah knows God is in control of this. Do you? I wish we could take the word luck and throw it out of the English language. I hear, and I, I hear myself saying it times. Well, oh, oh man, I, I was out driving the other day and I, and I swore and almost had a wreck. That's just good luck. No. That's God. The doctor says, if we hadn't found this cancer in another week, we might cut. Oh, man, I, that is just good luck. No, that is good God. And don't get me started about Mother Nature. Do you believe God? Do you have a, a God perspective on your life right now? That's what Jonah tells us. You cast me into the deep. God hears Jonah in spite of his, in spite of his judgment. Jonah may have thought 
Well, God put me into this ocean, this difficult situation, and there's no point of praying or looking at him. There's no point. God, God's doing this to me. But look at what he says. But he does. Jonah cries out to the very God who put him into the water. And wonder of wonders, God answered him. Would he do anything different for you? Would he treat you any different? Would, would, would you be so bold and be so prideful as to say, but you just don't know my sin. My sin is so much worse. Is it so much worse that Jesus' death on the cross can't forgive it? Jonah cries out, even in, in, this, in this discipline that God brings into his life, God brought the fish to save him. And this is the gospel. Even though God was displeased with his obedience, he never brings affliction to punish him. And that's true of us. Let me say it again. Sit up. This is important. Don't sleep at this point. This is important. Even though God might be displeased with us sometimes, with our disobedience, He never brings affliction to punish us. Why? Because He's already punished Jesus. If He brings a difficult situation like the storm, like being thrown overboard for Jonah into the sea, if something difficult comes, it's not judgment. It's grace. It's grace to bring us back to Christ. His purposes always, always, hear me, His purposes in our life, they always are are, are planned by a heart of redemption. God wants to redeem this. He wants to redeem you. We shouldn't stop and think, well, I can't go to Him or pray to Him because I'm disobeyed and He's, He's angry at me. We can't think that. Our going to Him is what He designed the storm to do in Jonah's life. And the difficulty that may be in your life right now is not outside of God's work. It's part of God's work. And what God God is designing is to redeem you, to bring us to repentance. That's what He desires. You love your children? You love your children? When one disobeys, you don't see a lot. You guys got a ton of little kids around here. When those little kids come in and they say, Mommy, I threw the ball in the house and I broke your vase, you don't say, Oh, you're done. Get your bags and get out of my house. I don't ever want to see you again. Do you do that? You feel like it. But we don't do that. Why? Because they're our children. We don't cast them off into eternity and we don't, we don't cast them out and put them on the street because they broke a lamp. Listen. A lot of you, I, when we blow it, we think that way. Be honest. You think that way. You think, I blew it, God's put me out on the street, and He doesn't ever want to hear from me again. That's not the gospel. That's not true. It's a lie. And it's got smoke from hell all over it. When God calls you to Himself, and you break a lamp, He doesn't send you, he might send you to your room, but he's not going to cast you away forever. And he does that to show his great love. God hears us, number two, 
He answers us in spite of His discipline, in spite of His judgment. Number three this morning. God hears and He answers in impossible circumstances. Y'all better be glad I stopped at Walmart this morning and got a new battery for my watch. Okay. It, it had stopped. And I thought, that'd be, that'd be hard if I looked down and every time it was 11.45. <clears throat> I have to do those things to keep y'all with me. God, number three this morning, God hears and He answers in impossible circumstances. God hears <clears throat> in impossible circumstances. Look at verses 5 and 6. <clears throat> the waters closed in over me to take my life, and the deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head at the roots of the mountains. If you're a scientist, I don't know how many miles deep the deepest part of the sea is, but it's pretty deep. And there's places that people can't go. There's places that submarines can't. It's too deep. I don't know how deep he is, but it doesn't matter if you feel like you're drowning. It doesn't matter if it's three feet or 30 feet, does it? You ever been out in the water when you were little and couldn't swim? This kid knocked me in the, swim, in the Kershaw swimming pool one time, and it wasn't even over my head. But I thought I was drowning. And I thought, this is impossible. It's got to be one of the most horrible feelings in the world. I shared the story back with the, the Chinese lady that fell overboard the cruise ship and she stayed out at sea for 38 days with nothing. Yeah, that's, that's a horrible feeling. You ever felt like that with something in your life? Have you ever felt that this is impossible? This, this is so dark and this is so black. I, I, can't even, I can't even see God right now. You ever been there? I have. Jonah must have thought, this is impossible, but just think for a minute. God let the circumstances become impossible before He delivered Jonah. God let it get so dark. God let him go so deep. He, he let him go to the bottom. Because you know why? You know why? That's where we hear God. That's where we hear God a lot of times, in the deep. Now, I look like a nice guy, right? I talk good. I, I mean, I graduated from college. I, I, went to, I used to have to watch myself on video and watch myself preach, and that is horrible. And honestly, I, don't, I wouldn't walk across the street to listen to me. I don't know why you're here. But listen, I'm, I look really nice my wife will tell you this. I am hard-headed as that plaster wall. And sometimes I have to hit the bottom like Jonah did before I cry out for help. That's how hard-headed I am. And see, when you feel like th this is impossible, this is, Im this is impossible, what, what in the world am I going to do? When you get that low, come back and read Jonah 2 and read where he says, I was in the waters closed over me, the deep surrounded me, weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountain. I went down to the land whose bars closed forever, and yet you brought up my life from the pit. Oh Lord my God, do you hear that? Even when it was impossible. God 
brought Jonah out of the deep. Now I don't know how he I don't I don't know how he will bring you out. I don't know how he he I can tell we would really go to 130 if I could tell you some stories about God, how God's brought me out of some deep stuff. But you see, Jesus said, Mark 10 27, with man it is impossible, but not with God, because with God all things are possible. Do you know that verse? Cry out when he hears, when we think this is impossible. God's doing something. God's doing something. Number four this morning. God hears and he answers in stages. God hears in stages. Look in uh, stages? What? Stages? Before Jonah gets to dry land, where does he have to go? You have to throw him overboard. He has to sink down. A fish swallows him. He's in there three days and three nights. I should have been counting these things to kind of show you. This is number four. He goes into the belly of a fish three days and three nights. He spits him out, and then he's on dry land. He's, it's stages. You see that? Sometimes God has to take us through stages. He, from here, from point A to point B, from point C to point D. And Jonah didn't cry out, Oh, God... Jonah didn't cry. God, put me in the belly of a fish. Save me from the... Put me in the belly of a fish and save me. He didn't do that. He didn't cry out. God, save me. God answers in stages. And listen, it might not be comfortable. It might not be comfortable, the things that you have to go through. I woke up one morning and I was... You know, when you get out of seminary, you think you're hot stuff. You think you're going to be the next Billy Graham. And you like me, you wake up one morning and you're selling chicken in a Chick-fil-A restaurant in a shopping mall in Delaware. <laughs> and you go, what it, what, but it was stages. God had to bring me from here to here to here to here to do a work in my life. And he'll do the same for you. I didn't hate it. I didn't like it. I wondered, woke up every morning, Lord, why am I selling chicken nuggets? See, he brings us through stages. It might not be comfortable. But you see, faith accepts the stages in God's plan and his process. How do we know? Look at verse 9. Jonah says, salvation belongs to who? The Lord. He brings it in stages. Jonah verse nine, he says in verse 9, Jonah says, With the voice of thanksgiving, I'll sacrifice to you what I vowed I will pay, because salvation belongs to the Lord. Listen. Look, he's in the belly of a fish. He's in the belly of a fish. I was teaching my kids how to fish. They never wanted to even touch, you know, you got you to gotta get the hook out of his mouth. They don't even like to touch him. Can you imagine being on the inside of a fish? But Jonah says, salvation belongs to you. I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for this process that you're bringing me through. Number, number five, very quickly. God hears us. To win our hearts. Verses 8 and 9. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. If I ask you in this, if I ask you right now, do you know John 3.16? All of you can say it. You guys that take up the offering, raise your hand. I'm impressed that these guys, they don't have the book when they say the Apostles' Creed. I still have to use the book. We know John 3, 16, 
But do you know Jonah chapter 2 verse 8? That's just as important. Those who give their hearts, who pay regard to vain idols, forsake their hope of steadfast love. Another, another translation says, those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. That's, that's a strong verse. We'll come back and look at it in a few weeks. But very quickly, what's it talking about? Jonah, what's Jonah talking about? Is, is Jonah talking to the sailors? Is Jonah talking to himself? No, Jonah's talking to you this morning. And he's talking to me. Jonah says, David Stover, if you hold on, if you cling, if you put your hope in worthless idols, you'll forfeit God's grace. God God wants to to give you a lot of grace, and if you hang on to idols, you forfeit it. I don't think it means that you lose your salvation, but I do think it means God wants to do a lot of stuff in our life, but we hang on to things other than God, and, 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 and we forfeit grace. In the depths, God strips away the idols. And that's what Jonah learns. We'll talk about that in a few weeks. But God answers to win our hearts. Jonah was hanging on to some kind of thing, idol, other than God. And down in the bottom of this, this, this fish's belly, Jonah says, Jonah says, God, you got my heart. Tell everybody, put it in the Bible for all times, for all people to read. If you cling to worthless idols, you'll forfeit God's grace. God won his heart. Number six this morning. God answers and he hears in our distress to make us more merciful. We don't have time to turn over and look at Jonah chapter chapter 3. The rest of the book of Jonah, Jonah goes back to Nineveh. Jonah goes back and he shows mercy. Jonah disobeyed God. God put him in the depths. Jonah cried out and God showed him mercy. God put, brought him up out of the depths. God brought him up out of the deep so Jonah would go and be merciful like God was merciful to him. Let me ask you a question. What is the most difficult thing that you have ever been through? What's the most difficult thing that you have ever been through? Now listen. Some of us, we, you might be the only person in your life that knows about it. You might be so embarrassed that you think, I, I, could, never, I could never tell this to anybody. But I want you to think about something. God allowed that into your life. God allowed that to, 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 to come to, through the stages of your life. God brought it into your life. He wants you to be merciful because there's somebody else out there in the world that has gone through the same thing that you've gone through and they need to know that God hasn't left them. Some of our dear friends... Um, in Charleston. I'll give you one example. This was the absolute last person in the world I would have thought that would ever have an abortion. They're dear friends of ours. 
And she called us one afternoon. She said, guys, I want you to pray for us. She said, there's something that you don't know. She said, I've gotten uh, in touch with the ministry up in, this is when they lived in Fredericksburg. She said, I've gotten in touch with the ministry called Martha's, I think it was Martha's Vineyard. She says, they help people recover from abortion. And I thought, oh, wow, that's great. Susan's going to go and help other people that have been through abortions because she's never been had an abortion. And she said, because you guys don't know this, she said, but I had an abortion back before we got married. And God has, has set me free from it. And she said, I want to go and show mercy to people that have, that have had abortions. That, that, that blew me away. And I tell you that story to tell you this. That the, it's, I would call it the genius in your womb. The genius in your womb. God has orchestrated that because you sit here in Clover ARP Church and I'll bet every one of us in this room has a secret that we don't want to ever tell anybody. And I'm not telling you to go come up here and, and, and tell it now. But I want you to know this. God brought you through that. God allowed that into your life because there's somebody else out there that they need to know that Christ is in their life. You think about that. God hears us. God hears us because God answers His children when they cry out to Him in our distress. Ultimately, the way that we know that is because Jesus Christ was thrown into the depths of the Father's storm. And He died in it, and He suffered in it, and He died in it, and He rose from the dead so that you could sit here this morning and just simply talk to Him. Will you do that this morning? Let's bow together and pray. <clears throat> Father, I can tell sometimes when uh, in worship, when... It feels like we're just going through the motions and forgive us for that. But I also feel the, I feel your spirit and I sense your spirit when you touch people. When your word cracks into the, the hard places when a true life on life story touches us deeply. And I know that you've uh, spoken to hearts here this morning. You've spoken to my heart in your word. God, in our, if anyone here is in a, in, a, just in a dark place, in a hard place, that maybe they can tell people about it. Maybe they've got other people praying for them. Maybe it's something that they can't even talk about. Would you show them light and grace, and truth. And help us to be reminded that when, when it's dark because of our own sin, when we're, in the, when we're in a dark place, you haven't cast us out of the 
You haven't cast us out of the family. But you, you long for us to come and to rest in you. Thank you for your promise that you never leave us nor forsake us, that you won't leave us as orphans because you're a good, loving Father. In your name we pray. Amen.